Well, the pairings are out. This is the Sons of Liberty podcast. Coach, and we are here with Coach Casey Colkman. Coach, I guess the good news is, is you know who you're playing. Not that you really got too far out ahead planning anyway by game, but now you know who you got. You know the poison that you have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always kind of, uh, how you want to say it, anticlimactic when you're last game of the year and everything. Finishing up our prep for Jay County today, you know, as um, and then the pairings come out, so now obviously your mind's racing to, you know, who you're going to play and, you know, all those things. And yet, you know, you got to kind of get refocused back on Jay County. But, yeah, we know. So as this comes down on a Sunday, literally probably your last day of getting everything put together for assembling the week ahead, does that hamper your ability to plan for a Friday night game? We've been doing this long enough now. The weekend is pretty much the same, at least it has been for me for years now, in terms of uh, what you get done on Friday night, what you get done on Saturday, what you get done on Sunday. And, um, so this is just a you know a momentary look at the brackets, so see who's playing, who's got you know, quote, good draws, the team's got bad draws, which ranked team's got to play each other. And you know, it's kind of exciting that way, I guess, akin to the NCAA tournament or, you know, the, when they reveal their brackets. But other than that, you know, I know the boys will talk about it. You know, we'll, we're not going to hide from You open up with Peru, oh, about one, roughly about a net drive. U.S. to force route is a lot easier. You face Tigers team that is five and two. And in a lot of ways, like Heritage because they are a big school playing a lot of smaller. Yeah, you know, I took the North Miami, the Manchester, Northfield of the world. Um, uh, but then they've had success against them. Um, they, I think also Whitco and whomever. I know they've dropped a couple early. I think they lost two of their first three games. You know, they opened with Logan, who's a, a solid 4 Um But other than that, I don't know a lot about Peru. I don't know a lot about their head coach. Um, so we're going to have some lots of work to do when the time comes. A team that's averaging about 30 points a game, giving up just over 18 points a game. So this is a team that, you know, is winning ball games. They can score some points. But I guess at this point, it's still about mowing your grass. It doesn't matter if you look across the way and see the grass over there because you still got to mow your own. Right, exactly. Yeah, we've, you know, that, that, I think that uh, theme would change for us, um, you know, right around. South Adams, Adams Central. Uh, you know, Kobe goes down and Caleb Abbott's to take over the reins. Um, we were thoroughly uh, handled at uh, Adams Central Week 5. And so at, at that point on, ourselves and getting better. And uh, obviously the Bluffton loss is a little tender for us because we felt we've done a good job of preparation and focusing on our own things to get better at. As we look at pairing the section, a closer look at what's going on there, the good thing for Heritage, you don't have to play Norwell to open up things. That's kind of like you go right into the buzzsaw of me. You played them once in the year. That was another thing last year. Took a lot of wind out of your Norwell twice. It's hard to get excited when you're a tough team, but you still got to do it, and you play whoever's on your schedule. It's hard. You know, several really not regardless of Norwell. The hard part about last year, uh, we had to play Norwell after having, what, 12 days off and not even be able to practice and then having four practices Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, to get ready. Um, so it, that was, yeah, Norwell was a very good team last year and would have taken a monumental effort, but uh, put more behind the eight ball so with having to be quarantined and those things. So that was extremely tough on uh, It was hard on us, too, just trying to maintain uh, enthusiasm and spirits up and trying to do workouts on just, uh, it was just weird. It was a weird, weird time. And so, you know, regardless, though, we have the tournament in Indiana. Just everybody's in now. You know, not a, not a team that applied 
that said they can play in the tournament, whether you're 0 and 9 heading in or 9 and 0 heading in. You know, they're high school boys. You only got to play one game. You know, and so regardless of who you're playing, whether you feel they're the best team in your bracket, or you feel they're the worst team in your bracket. Whoever, however you feel about it, it's kind of irrelevant. It's because uh, it only takes one game. You only got to play. You only got to be good one night. Um, and so. You know, it's one of those things, you know, I, I reference NCAA March Madness. It's like that. It's one and done or to win and move on. And so you got to be at your best every night. And uh, so really, you know, the only thing we're really going to worry about is And you talk about those things and it's just like life. And I have to interject. You talk about the Zoom meeting and the Zoom practices. To put it in perspective, that would be like hiring a police officer and instead of sending them to police academy, you put them on a computer and have them do a single shooter game, expecting to deal with a real life situation. Right, right. It's, I mean, you can get something out of it, but you lose, you know, the majority of you really, you know. And um, so it was still good to be together and have the boys work out and be able to do things. But obviously, we couldn't do anything that, uh, that involved team. Um, activities uh, as far as trying to practice or run plays, or, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me again, um, or any of those kinds of things. So, yeah, you know, the real-life portion of it and the timing of your, your play timing, your gap responsibility, you know, all the things you go through in practice. You know, obviously, through Zoom, you can't do any of that when guys are in. What you right. Do. Let's get some fun with how the bracket. Norwell opens up the Conaqua. Norwell 7-1 and one for overall from Conaqua. Norwell is ranked. Norwell has to be the face in the sectional. What do you like about Norwell? Do you know anything about McConaqua? I don't know anything about McConaqua. Obviously, a lot about Norwell. I've played them three times now in the last two. Um, they're good. I mean, they're really good. They're physical. They're big. They play really hard. They play a really tough schedule. East 8. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I think the guys that did the pairing show, you know, Paul Conner, those guys, I mean, obviously they said Norwell seemed to beat our sectional, and I think any outsider looking in, um, that would be a fair thing to say, considering that they're ranked and they've only lost one game uh, so far this season. So Northwestern 0-7 at Concordia in the second game in the upper bracket. Concordia 1-7, they play in the SAC. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure out. You get your heads beat in by Bishop Dwanger, Bishop Lewers, Snyder, and the teams that are in that conference. You get better just automatically by being around those type teams. Yeah, and that, that's always past. The smaller schools in the SAC, like Concordia, you know, would finish below 500 and still be able to make a run in the tournament. Um, obviously, it was really, really good. Uh, has a chance to win the conference. So I think the, anybody that looks at Concordia's record says, oh, well, they're one however they win seven or, or one in 80, um, making a mistake because they play some of the, you know, a number of ranks and a number of really good teams and a couple of teams in that conference that have a legitimate chance to, to make a run and maybe even win a state title. So, you know, Concordia is always going to be a threat. Coach, I'll tell you a story. This was probably a young reporter for a news and I was assigned to cover Bishop Lewis. And I talked to then head coach Matt Lindsay after the game, and I must have just had three heads or something because every question I asked him, I, I just came off. And one of them, the crowning question I asked him was, Coach, you kind of struggled throughout the year. Do you feel like this is a second season for you? Do you feel like you got momentum now? And this is the year that they won the state championship. And he looks at me and goes, first of all, we didn't struggle. And I think they finished the year, the conference season, like three and six or or three and five or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but he just looked at me like I was the stupidest person ever and then proceeded to say, we played tough in all these games. And they went on to the state championship 
and just blew out anybody that touched him. And so rightfully so, I just look like a fool asking that question, but his point was still the same. With Bishop Lewis, this is the SAC, everything is different. Exactly. And Lindsay was, you know, Coach Lindsay was always very protective of his school and, and their reputation, in which I think every coach should be. Every coach should be an advocate for their boys, and, you know, for their program. And, um, you know, I think it's, people don't understand how impressive this year that Lewis is having um, with an opportunity to go 9-0 and win that conference, especially now because two other 6-18s in there with Carroll and Homestead, who they, they beat both of those teams. So, you know, uh, no shame for a, a small school to play in a large conference, you know, and finish below 500, especially if they're competitive. And it just makes you all the better for the tournament run. Oak Hill is at Belmont, a Belmont team that picked up their first win, regular season win since 2017. They broke a 25-game losing streak overall back to 2018, a program that hardworking. But Oak Hill is the portrait of consistency in Grant County. I mean, behind behind Eastbrook, but Oak Hill, uh, Oak Hill might be a dark horse in this tournament. Yeah, I agree with Coach Osmond. Uh, Bud's a great man. He runs a really solid program. Um, his uh, his son, I believe, two years ago, played baseball and football there at Oak Hill and won a number of, like, uh, mental attitude type awards. You know, I think it says a lot about a man's son is, uh, you know, that kind of an athlete and that kind of a team. So, um yeah, Oak Hill's always going to be competitive, um, regardless of their record. And I, I think they're having a, a fairly good year. I don't know exactly off the top of my head. They are 6-2. Like and so, two. Yeah. And so, for example, Coach Hall was uh, their head coach resigned late in the summer. Um, and then Coach Hall had to come in and take over. And they had already went through in, uh, of not winning a game, I believe. Um, and then his first year last year, obviously, in a game. And so, you know, he just had a – it's hard to take over a program and rebuild. and harder when you don't have a, a head start, you know. Um, you know, I got hired in, of last. Um, at least we got to lift in the weight room for a little while and sit down and momentum going a little bit. Um, I can't imagine for a program in, in July, <laughs> you know, and having to start and not not be able to, to put your put anything in, having summer camps, workouts together, all those are very hard spots to be in. So, yeah. I had, a, I had a chance to talk with Coach Nick Hall at Media Day, and I believe he had no more than 10 days to get ready. And so when they opened up the season – they had a very, very small playbook, and he kind of joked. He said, we were almost designing plays in the sand as we went along. Right. I mean, that's, you just don't have the time. And now, you know, the way football is in Indiana nowadays, you know, we start right out of the school left out. If the state allows you to have your first, um, whatever their first week is of the state declares the summer, we have a three-day minute to start putting in our offense and defense, you know, and then have our – competition days throughout the summer you can have five of those you can have up to um x number of practices throughout so you get all of that not to mention your general workout to build camaraderie and trust and those things so to not have that even if you're not in your in any given year i don't care if you've been in this for 20 years you know, to not have a summer it would be a tough chore so he was in a bad spot for her but uh good to see him get a win um good for the community good for the kids and you know we open with belmont next year so it'll be fun coach as you Look at the tournament overall. Any surprises? Anything that kind of piqued your interest in other teams and other places? Oh, always, always. You know, I'm, I'm guys from my conference. You know, obviously, I want because uh, I no matter how far we go far, our conference looks good and makes better and more competitive. So, of course, I'm going to root for the Adams Central from the South Adams and all those to do well. Um, he's got a tough one out of the game. Carabas, a very physical, hard nosed um, team to really scrimmage. Really yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were, they came out and just attacked us right out of the game. Um, 
So it's a good challenge for week one. I, I don't see him having a problem there, but he said it's one and done. So, um, and then I always, for guys that have respect, for, you know, I'm excited, a possible sectional championship between Glinger and Snyder. I think that'll be a pretty cool uh, matchup. Um, my buddy Brent at Bluffton has to go to East Side round one, which stuff you're all for East Side's really good. But so, yeah, there's just some of those things. And then there's throughout the state. You know, I think the big one I saw was, well, there's a couple of them over the Buff plays. West Lafayette, West Warren. So, you know, there's going to be some fireworks week one. For sure. Well, Coach, thank you for making time for us. It's certainly been so much fun putting this together, and we look forward to even bigger and better things. But we hope for a, a long postseason for two reasons, because that means more playing time for the younger players to get adjusted, more reps, because ultimately at the end of the day, the more time you get in actual game situations, get better. But, man, we love this team so much, we don't want to – not watch them play. Exactly. Uh, we're still trying to find our way and get our groove, and we're just hoping for one more week, you know, and that's kind of been the theme. That was the one thing I learned with being with Coach Garrett at uh, Dwenger. Oh, it looks like a train's coming by. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're just hoping for one more week with the boys. Once we get into tournament time, and, you know, so every Friday it'll be, uh, you know, hey, let's, let's we can have another week together. And, you know, let's win that one so we can have another week together and so on and so forth. And, but, yeah, those – those extra practice reps don't quite understand that. You take a, a good example of this year's South Adams, who lost their best player, arguably even water kid, and then lose their best lineman, the Platner, and are still right now, I believe, five and two, um, and very competitive. Nobody, I don't think a lot of people expected that, and I think a big reason for it is the kids got all those extra, you know, they got five extra weeks of practice that lost in the first round and didn't get. So, you know, it, it, not just how good do you think Adams Central is? I think they're really good. You know, I. There's been talk amongst some of us guys, coaches, you know, we'd like this year's AC team play last year's South Adams. Um, and it just – this year's – the Adams Central team this year just all around. You know, their linemen, their defense, their offense, their specials. I mean, just a complete whole team. They're one of the they're one of the better teams I've seen in a long time, at least small school-wise, you know. And, and so, uh, you know, Coach Mosher does a great job, and they got great – you know, the other thing I – playing against them that, that you notice as a coach is their kids don't say a word. They don't they don't talk, they don't stand over you, they don't stare you down, they don't they don't talk they don't say anything. They just play hard, hit you, knock you down, line up and doing it over and over. And it's you know, I think some people some people don't understand how um, what effect that'll have on when the other guy doesn't even say anything and continues to beat you. <laughs> you know? And so you know, some of the things that we try to instill in our guys, you know, the way he does it, and that's just uh, play hard, let your actions speak for themselves. You don't need to say anything around, you know, do any of those things. Well, your action, play itself. One of the things that we can always count on is that no matter what happens everywhere else, you deal with the Adams County teams, they are going to be the portrait of old school football. They're going to hit you hard. They're going to knock you on your butt. You're going to be coming up thinking, what just hit me? And then when the game's over, they're going to shake your hands. And, you know, everybody is friends in this conference from coach down to players. And it's just hard lessons in life football in the ACAC. No doubt. No doubt. It's a great conference. We will be back in the weeks to come through the playoffs and through the offseason with our Sons of Liberty podcast. Thanks again, Coach. Uh, you're welcome. Go Patriots.